All right, well, good morning. We're going to go ahead and get started today. Is anybody cold? I've seen one person. Elizabeth. Okay, that's two people. I told Dusty, I said, the air's really blowing, and he's got sweat dripping off his face. He looked at me with that, please don't make me turn it off. <laughs> okay, if it gets too cold, just throw something in his general direction and say, turn it down, turn it off. <laughs> this is that trick summer week you know it's going to be in the 80s and then if you look ahead to next week if it stays true to what they're saying I think we're going to be back down below freezing a couple of days like at night once or twice so all these poor little trees that have bl- blossomed and they look so beautiful I pray that they survive that so they'll be fine well they live here in Alabama they're probably used to it by now so anyway y'all I just want to testify to Dusty's the healing that's happening in his body Um, I got up this morning and I got up a little earlier than usual and I'm the morning person of the two of us. And on Sunday morning, I always get up before he does. And when I got up, I I looked over and his side of the bed was empty and I thought, he's already awake. And so I went out into the living room and he is laid out like this in the living room floor awake. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I can't move. And he had spent most of the night laying in the living room floor. He tried laying in the bed. He tried sitting in the recliner. Everything. So, and we did go to the gym this week. So, praise God, we're headed in the right direction. <laughs> but maybe did a little too much this week. But anyway, so um, we weren't sure he was going to get to church today. And so, praise God, God has been continually doing that work in his body, and I'm just believing it's going to be completely manifested today. Total freedom from pain. So um, this morning, he got to preaching a little bit of my message today, so we've had some previews. That happens to us pretty often. Um, If I'm going to speak, he starts talking on on that vein. But anyway, I'm excited about speaking today. I think the last time I spoke was in November um, when I spoke on uh, thankfulness. And so it's been a couple months, and I'm excited about this today. This is a message that the Lord has been ministering to me personally about for a while now. And he just released me to begin to share that with you guys. And so I pray that it's a blessing to you and and ministers to you. It may be some new concepts for you, or maybe some things you've heard many times, but I know that we always can't hear the word too much. So we're going to receive that today. We're going to talk today about belief, about belief. And I've actually entitled today's message, Belief, the Fruit of a Seed. Belief is the fruit of a seed. Do you know that whatever you believe is because somebody planted that seed on the inside of your heart? And you've got seed coming at you all the time, whether you even realize it or not. And so you can have words or seeds, and you can have the seed of God's words coming at you, and you can have the seed of man's words coming at you. But you are the one that gets to determine which ones get planted and take root and produce in your life. And so I would love to tell you that only God's seeds plant, but that's not true. Unfortunately... All seeds can get planted if you receive them. You know, Dusty's talked many times about our heart, the metaphorical heart in the Word of God is our belief system. And you you can think of it like the soil of a garden. It's where we plant things and they produce in our life. They produce belief which manifests itself in our life. And the Bible says that everything works by seed, time, and harvest. And so whatever is planted in your soil the soil of your heart, if it's allowed to stay there long enough to become belief, then it will manifest in your life, good or bad. 
I'm going to give you an example on the negative, and then we're going to look at the good side. So on the negative side of this, if there's a person who is continually in, a, in an environment where they are continually degraded, they are spoken down to, a child maybe that's raised in a home where they're told that they, uh, they're a burden, I wish you'd never been born, why can't you ever get anything right? And, or they're told they're stupid, why can't you learn? Why can't you be like so-and-so? You're never going to amount to anything. That can even happen in the adult world. If you connect yourself with the wrong people and they're speaking negative things toward you, abusive relationships, verbally abusive relationships, and they're constantly planting seeds, what happens is over time that seed gets planted in your heart. And if you don't pull it out and uproot it, it will begin to take roots and grow. And then it will produce belief. And the belief happens in you. And you believe those things about yourself. And then that belief grows to the point it rises up out of you. And you begin to declare those things about yourself. And you are living, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you are walking around in a life that is miserable where you feel defeated. You You feel like you have destroyed every relationship you've tried to be in. Your family, your spouse, multiple marriages, your children. You feel like you've just damaged all of them. You can't seem to settle in a career. And all of the jobs you've had, you're miserable in. And you can't get along with the people and you hate the job. You live in anxiety, worry, fear, depression. You never feel good enough. You're always self-conscious about everything. And it's literally because somebody planted that seed. And then it got watered over and over again. And it grew into belief. And then you believed about yourself. And then you... it caused you to help manifest that in your life. And then you can even cause that to be a repeat pattern because now you're speaking it to your children or to other people. But praise God that the same concept works with the Word of God. And if what you plant are the seeds of God's Word, then what it will begin to produce is belief in who you really are in your identity in Jesus Christ. That you're not just a mere mortal human being, but you've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords only inside of you. The Holy Spirit to direct you and help you make wise decisions. And then that belief will begin to rise up out of you and come out of your mouth and you're declaring victory instead of victim. And you are declaring the things that God has planned for your life. And then you see those things begin to be manifested. And then you speak them to your children and to your friends and to your family. And it blesses their life. But you know, so many people, they don't realize what they have. And they live their whole life with this little minimal experience from God. And they just survive trying to make it to heaven because that's all they know. You know, as a Christian, we call ourselves believers because we believe in Jesus Christ. Let's look at some scriptures about that. Acts 16.31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's how you got born again. The famous Christian verse, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, the verse for salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See, somewhere in your journey of life, somebody planted the seed of Jesus. If you're born again, somebody planted that seed. Whether it was in your childhood or in your adulthood, somebody planted the seed. And then other people came along and watered it. If you grew up in a Christian home, it got planted perhaps by your parents and then other relatives watered it or a Sunday school teacher or your pastor. Or if you're an adult, maybe coworkers or someone took you to church with them. But somewhere along the way, the seed of Jesus got planted on the inside of the soil of your heart. And it got watered enough that it began to grow. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He said, I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. So see, along your journey, somebody planted Jesus and those seeds grew and got watered and cultivated and nurtured till they began to produce the belief in you, I need Jesus. And that belief began to grow and grow and grow until it literally came out of your mouth. I confess Jesus. The Bible says he who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so at that moment, you got born again. And a lot of people think that when they got born again, what they got was redemption from sin and Jesus paid for their sins. That's absolutely the truth. And they think it got them a ticket to heaven so that when their life here on this earth is finished, that they're going to go home to be with the Father. And praise God, that's true too. We have the hope of our salvation, that everlasting life. But do you know what? You got everything else that you need for this life at that moment of belief in Jesus Christ. You are now complete, not in yourself, but in Him. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror now because the King of Kings lives on the inside of you. And unfortunately, so many people, they might get born again at five years old and live to be 95 years old, but of their 90 years, they're just, well, praise God, I'm born again. One day I can go to the sweet by and by, but they're trying to survive the sweet now and now. And some days it's not going really well. You know, God never promised that we'd have a perfect life. There is no scripture to back up the idea that if you get born again, your life will be perfect. You know, there was a time in my life, I kind of had that concept. I don't know if I thought I was going to float in a holy bubble or something. But I thought that if I was really a good Christian, then I was going to earn my way to good things. If I went to church enough and I prayed enough and I read my Bible enough, you know what? Who you are has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with who you are. Now, do you need to go to church and do you need to read the Word and do you need to pray? Absolutely. But you need those things for you, not because God needs you to do those things. He doesn't need anything from you. He has those things for you so you can see who you already are. The Word of God is a mirror. It's simply reflecting back to you what's shining out of your spirit. But you've got to know that. Let's look and see at what some of the promises are for us as believers. This is 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Let's pause right there. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. There's some promises. They're not just given, they're multiplied. Which means that you don't have just barely enough to get by. God, 
you could just give me enough peace to get through this stressful situation. No, he gave you more than enough to not only sustain you through this situation, but every situation that would ever come your way. And you've got so much of it on the inside of you that if somebody else needs some peace, then you can go just minister some peace to them. And then you can go over here and minister some peace to them. And when you walk in the room, the atmosphere changes because the peace of God radiates out of you. Because that's who you are. But if you don't know that's who you are, then you just walk around. I wish I was peace. I wish I had peace. My life's so chaotic. My life's so stressful. I wish I had peace. And the father's up there going, you have peace. I gave you peace. It's in there. Do y'all remember that sermon Dusty preached about the spaghetti sauce? Prego. It's in there. That was an old commercial years ago. It's in there. It's in you. Peace. Grace and peace is multiplied to you. Let's look at how. It's multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. When you know who He is and you know who you are, then that will start coming out of you. Your belief in that area, the more you plant seeds about peace, they'll go in the soil of your heart and they'll produce belief and you begin to believe that you have peace. And it will start growing. And the more you water it, the more you continually meditate on those things. You know, meditation is simply worry in the positive direction. You can meditate on God's Word the same way you can worry a problem. And by default, society has trained us to be worriers. And we have to make a conscious effort to put a stop to it and turn it in the other direction and go back to what God's Word says. I have to say it out loud. Because you know what happens? The belief is here, but it's really rising up out of me when my confession says it too. If you want to know what you truly believe... What's coming out of your mouth in an unfiltered moment? When you're not around the people that you're trying to sound really holy around, and it's an unfiltered moment, what's flying out of your mouth? That will tell you what you truly believe. And if it's a constant panic, fear, anxiety, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. I just can't handle this. People just don't understand. I can't handle this. And you have some kind of emotional flare-up, Dusty's been talking about spirit, soul, and body, and you have totally flipped over to the soulical realm and let your mind, will, and emotions take over. Well, there's no condemnation to you if that's what's happening. It's simply an indication to you and to me, hey, I need to meditate some more on this, on peace, because I don't, I don't seem to be manifesting that in my life. So I can fix that. I'm going back to God's Word, and I'm going to meditate on what He says about peace. It's multiplied to you and to me by knowing more about Him. Sometimes we think we know God because we went to church. But knowing someone means I spend time with them. And another trap I used to fall into was I felt like I wasn't spending time with God if I wasn't sitting in my certain chair, my prayer chair, you know, and I had my certain glass of tea and my Bible was open and it was just this la-da-da place. I counted that as my prayer time, my devotion time with the Lord. Do you know when 90% of my time happens? Usually when I'm driving the car, when I'm throwing in a load of laundry, when I'm cooking dinner, when I'm taking a shower, when I'm walking down the grocery store aisle. In everyday life, that's when I spend the most time with the Lord, and I'm talking to Him all the time. And I'm not talking the problem. Thank you, Father that you have provided everything I need. Thank you that you have provided Jesus who went to the cross and paid for everything that I need and then he put it on the inside of me and I can be victorious in this situation because I already am victorious in this situation. 
Let's look at the scripture some more. Grace and peace multiplied in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, there it is again, who called us by glory and virtue. We're going to pause here. His divine power has given to us all things, not some, not a few, or most, all things that pertain to this life right now and my spiritual life. He has provided it all. Those are the promises that live on the inside of you and of me if we're born again. But we still have the majority of the body of Christ walking around in defeat because they don't know they've got those promises in them and they haven't studied them out and meditated on them and allowed belief to grow so that it could rise up out of them and manifest itself in their life. Through the knowledge of Him, it goes back to you got to know Him. How do you know Him? Well, you know His Word. Jesus is the Word. If you know the Word, then you know Jesus. And Jesus said, the Father and I are one. So if you know the Word, you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know the Father. You're spending time with Him in His Word through your prayer and conversations with Him. He's given you all things. But if you don't have a knowledge, then those things will lie dormant in your life and in my life. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He, through His glory and virtue, gave us exceedingly great and precious promises. There it is again. We need to go to His Word and see what all these promises are. If it has to do with life and godliness, the Bible says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there depression and anxiety in heaven? No. Is there lack, financial lack, or lack of anything that you need in heaven? No. So that means that's, that was the everlasting life that we received with Jesus meant that the life came to live on the inside of us and we walk it out and we draw it out of our born-again spirit because He put those precious promises and we get to be a partaker of the divine nature. But we have to choose to be that partaker. We have to choose. Do you know God gave you free will on this earth? And you get to choose Jesus or you get to reject Him. It happens all the time. If God's will is for every man to be saved, why is everyone not saved? Because they had free will to accept or reject. Do you know you have that same free will to accept or reject your identity in Jesus Christ? You can walk around as a believer but be defeated and a victim. And it all has to do with what you've chosen to allow seeds being planted or you've rejected things that were wrong. It's up to you. You have the free will to do that. And I think a lot of times we feel powerless or or view ourselves as powerless. And so when life tries to throw something at us, we just let it come at us. And then we go with this mindset of, I just need help. Um, God, if you've got time, could you fix this for me? And it's almost like we're just mousy about it. Does that make sense? But you know what? 
We don't live in a world where we can afford to be mousy. As the old saying goes, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And we have got to put a stop to it in our life. We, we are the ones with the authority to do that. We can accept or we can reject. What does that look like, accepting or rejecting the seeds that God gives us? I'm going to use Dusty as a testimony. I didn't tell you I'm going to talk about you today, but it's okay. He shared this testimony so much we all can probably say it. As you've heard him say before, Dusty had learning disabilities in school. He grew up in school in special education classes and was told he had ADD, he had dyslexia. When he got to high school, he couldn't pass the graduation exam because he couldn't pass the reading portion. And he was told by counselors, you need to pursue a manual labor job because you can't do anything that requires thinking. And you know what? They thought they were doing good things for him. They were being sincere when they were trying to help put him on a path they thought he could be successful in. But you know what? They were sincerely wrong. He had no desire to do a manual labor job. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but that's not what he wanted to do. By the time I met him, he was 18 years old, almost 19. And to my knowledge, there may be more than this, he had worked at Piggly Wiggly. He had worked at AutoZone. He had worked as a plumber's apprentice. He had worked as an electrician's apprentice. He had worked at Birmingham Sports. That's five jobs that I know of that all of them were manual labor jobs of some kind that he was miserable in and quit and tried to go the next one to try to find something to make him feel like he belonged and was happy. And then one day, he stepped into the church that I grew up in and the pastor, Jim McCann, he was speaking and in his message, he said, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Now, here's where the accept or reject, reject happened. Dusty could have said in his mind, well, I mean, I hear you, Pastor, but you don't know about me. He's not saying this out loud. This is happening in his mind. He could have said, yeah, but I, got, I have learning disabilities. Well, I mean, I couldn't pass the graduation exam. So, I mean, obviously, I only have a GED. I'm not going to be able to go very far in life with that. I, you know, I, I see you, Pastor. I hear you, but... I hope that works out for you. But you know, my family, we just, stuff don't work out for us. Do you know what that was? That was rejecting the seed God was offering you. And it happens all the time. When someone speaks something from God's word to us, and it doesn't line up with maybe our current view, or the way we grew up, or what we've been previously told, or it makes us a little uncomfortable, then sometimes we just instantly reject it and we won't receive it. You know, over the last few weeks, Dusty's been talking about being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said that's our name tag. It's this really massive long name tag that we're all walking around with, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you know what? There were probably some people that hear that and it bounces right off their forehead because they have grown up being told you're just an old sinner and that's all you'll ever be. How many churchgoers do you hear say, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace, and we think we're being humble? No, you're not. Humility means I see, see myself and speak what the Word of God says about me. Even when I don't feel like I am that person. Even when I think, but Heather, you don't know what I did in my past. I'm, really, I, you know, I'm treading on eggshells here with God. No, you're not. He is not concerned and worried and freaked out by your sin and your past. He's God. 
He knows exactly what you did and he was there when you did it. And you know what? He said, I gave you Jesus to overcome that. And so when Dusty says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you and I should be going, yes, I am. Hallelujah. I'm putting my name badge on and I'm marching through life. And I refuse to let hell come at me. And when it tries, and it will, then I'm going to stop and say, no, in the name of Jesus, every knee bows, including the, the knee of, you're not worthy. You've done too much. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. You speak to those thoughts. The Bible says to take captive the thoughts by you telling them to bow their knee to Jesus. Because the thoughts are going to come. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, the battlefield of the mind. That's where everything happens is in the soulical realm. When your soul is screaming at you, you're not enough. You've done bad things again. You're never going to come over, overcome this. And you have to let your belief, because you've been putting the seeds of God's Word in, you let that belief rise up out of you in your confession. And you speak to that. You take authority over it. And then you let the righteousness of God live out of you. Does that mean you're going to live a perfect life and never sin? No. You are a human being, but you are, have Jesus on the inside of you. So what does it look like? How do you deal with that? Let's say that Dusty and I had an argument. We very rarely argue, but let's say that we did. And I said something really unkind and snippety and hateful to him. And then I walk away and the Holy Spirit's tapping on the inside of me going, <clears throat> that's not who you are. That's not living out your righteousness. So at that point do I go, yeah. See, I've done it again. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a sinner. I'm not the righteousness of God. And you let the enemy, the devil, keep bringing those thoughts of con condemnation. No, at that moment you go, wait a minute. I'm going to confess and I'm going to repent. Now the church has mixed up these words and made them mean something they don't mean. Confess and repent does not mean I'm going to grovel before the Father and say, Oh, please, dear God, I'm such, I'm such a dirty sinner and I'm so unworthy, but could you forgive me just one more time? That's not what that means. The word confess, if you study it in the Greek, means to say the same thing. Think of it this way. Let's say you came in this morning, you saw the goodies on the coffee station, and you were like, yeah, after praise and worship, going to eat some of those goodies. And then you go out there after praise and worship at the shaking hands time, and you're like, wait a minute, they're gone. Where'd they go? You're mad. Wait a minute. Don't get ahead of me. He stole my punchline. And you come into the sanctuary and you're looking around. Who got the last cookie? And there's Dusty. And he had this napkin. He's got crumbs running down him. He's going. And you go, Dusty, you ate my cookie, the very last one. And he's going. And you go, yes, you did. And he goes, I confess it was me. Confess. He said the same thing you did. So when God goes, that's not who you are, I confess, Lord. You know what? Being mean and hateful is not who I am because I've got the joy of the Lord in me. Right. His love's in me. That means that I'm love. So I'm going to repent. He has said this. Repent. What does it mean? To change your direction. So I was going this way toward being unkind and unloving. That is not who I am. I repent. Going the other way now. Here I go. And that was that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even when I was unkind to Dusty, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Was I letting it come out of me? No. So you know what I had to do? I had to reel that back in. What'd you call it? The plumb line? It swung out of direction and I had to whoop, whoop, whoop. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Pull it back in. My bubble level, we've been talking about that. Your bubble got over to the flesh side. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Yes, that is who I am. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
But do you know if you don't accept that and you don't allow it to grow into belief and you don't believe it, it's never going to manifest in your life. And you're going to let the devil beat you up in the mind all the time. And that's a miserable place to be. But you know what? Instead of rejecting the seed that God planted toward Dusty, when he told him, you were the righteous... No, that was not scripture. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Then Dusty goes, huh. Okay. And then he came back to church the next week and he heard some more. And it got watered. And then he started hanging out with me. And I was full of Jesus and ready to just tell him who he was. And then he started hanging out with my friends and we all started telling him. And then he came back to youth group. And we started telling him in youth group and the youth pastor told him. And then he started going to the word for himself. And Jesus in the word started speaking to him. And the Holy Spirit had something to work with. And that belief took root. And it grew. And it began to come out of his own mouth. And he believed it about himself. And then it began to order his steps. You know what? And you've all heard the testimony. He went from GED to associate degree to bachelor's degree to master's degree to Bible degree. He's the most educated person in our household. When he said doctorate, I said, I think we're done. I did win that argument. He's not Dr. Cornelius. So he accepted it. And, you know, it didn't line up with what he'd been told his whole life. So I'm sure he didn't just grab onto it and instantaneously, okay, well, that's who I am. That's not how it happens. It's like the healing and miracle thing. It's not an instantaneous thing. We've been talking the last few weeks. Seed, time, harvest. Pastor Jim planted the seed. God sent people to water it. And over time, the harvest came. And the harvest was over decades. I knew that he had learning disabilities. I, I taught English, high school English, for 20 years. And he would write me love notes, precious, sweet love notes that were so wonderful. And my heart just adored him. But the English-minded brain cringed at all the spelling errors and the incomplete sentences. I know that's terrible, babe, but it's true. And I was just like, wow, he, yeah, he really, he's struggling. But you know what? I watched. We've been married for 24 and a half years. He is a different person. And as he said... He writes documents for the U.S. government, for the power company. Not because Dusty suddenly became something spectacular, but because Jesus came alive on the inside of him and he believed it and it grew into manifestation in his life. There are things in our lives, each one of us, that God's trying to get to us through seeds. And some of us, it's like we got this shield up going, ping, 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 ping. Not me. Don't hit me with that seed. I'm sticking with what I've always been known as. Well, if that's what you want, you stay there. God's not mad at you. But how sad it is to think that he provided through his sacrifice in Jesus all that you need of that divine nature and you're not partaking of it. Think of that from a parent's perspective. If you've got children, I want you to think about that. That you've provided something for your child and they're just going, nah, I'll just live in this misery over here. And he's not mad at you, but he's sitting up there going, I gave this to you. But you and I have to believe that that's who we are. I really believe, I've been sensing this in my spirit, that there are some people that, whether they're listening online or they're in this room, that the Lord's been speaking some things to you. And 
trying to plant some seed in you and it scares you because it's different for you than what you've maybe thought before. Maybe it's different than what you got taught growing up. Maybe it's different than the denomination you came from. Maybe it's different than you've ever known just because nobody ever told you before. You didn't even know it was an option. But you keep rejecting it because you're afraid. Well, the Bible says that His perfect love casts out fear. So it goes back to getting to know Him and letting Him love on you enough for you to be able to trust Him. And this is my encouragement to you. Whenever something gets presented to you, whether from a message Dusty preaches, something you hear through a podcast, a book that you're reading, something you're reading in God's Word, and it's not exactly what you believe, instead of immediately rejecting it, take a moment and just put it on the shelf. You know, if I've got flower pots at my house and... I might go to Cedar Creek Nursery or to Lowe's or somewhere that sells flower seeds and buy a bunch of seeds and I go home and I plant some of them but then some of the others I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to plant those right now. Am I going to go throw them away? No, I paid for those. So I'm going to go and just set them on the shelf for right now and when I'm ready, I'll plant them. You know, sometimes God's been speaking things to you and it comes at you and you're not really sure you're ready. To plant it. But it's been paid for by Jesus. So instead of rejecting it, how about you just put it on the shelf for a minute? And then this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Father in prayer and ask Him to help you know what to believe about that. What if I'm unsure? What if I don't know what I believe? You might say, Lord, I don't believe that, but it keeps being presented to you. Or maybe you say, I don't know what I believe about that. I've never even heard that before. Or maybe it was, I tried to believe that, but it didn't really work for me, so I don't think I believe that anymore. Whatever it is, Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is the story where a man has come to Jesus and said, Jesus, my child's sick. I need you to come pray. And in the process of Jesus going with this man, Jesus gets in so many other things going on, people coming to him, that it's apparently a slower process. And somebody comes and intercepts them and tells the man, don't don't bother Jesus anymore. Your child's already dead. It was too late is what it appeared to be. And this is what Jesus looked at the man and said. Jesus said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You can believe in one way and not believe in another. And you mentioned you were going to do a series possibly about this soon. I think the Lord's stirring something in there about the compartments of your heart. You know, you can believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and that's about as far as you could go with it. And that's okay. Praise God for that. But maybe 
there's another area that you're not quite ready to believe. Maybe you have a hard time believing that God will provide what you need because you've, you just grew up in poverty and lack and money's just never been something you had and you've always just struggled to make ends meet. You've lived paycheck to paycheck your whole life. You've always had to do without and your whole thinking process is how am I going to get by this month? And the Lord keeps telling you, I have provided for you. And I've got more than enough for you. And you're like, I don't know about that. You don't know how much money I make, Lord. And when that seed comes, instead of you rejecting it, go, okay. I believe that your word is true. And if your word says that, and it's established by two or three references, two or three instances in the word of God, then I'm not going to reject it. But Lord, I don't know where I am with that. So I'm just going to put it on the side for right now. Help my unbelief in that area. The same thing happens with maybe he's been trying to minister to you seeds about healing in your body, your physical body. You've been dealing with an ailment for years. And you're like, yeah, I get it. God's a healer. But I mean, this is just something I've lived with. And God's going, but the healing's for you too. And so if you're not there, you just go, okay, I'm just going to believe Everything that I can help my unbelief in this area. Maybe it's about your mind. Maybe you have lived a life of depression and anxiety and worry, and you're like, I've been on depression medicine most of my life. I mean, it's just who I am. And your identity is there. That's what you believe, and it is manifesting in your life. And there's nothing wrong with taking depression medication. I know lots of people that do. But I'm saying everything that you need for this life is available in the Word of God. Help my unbelief in this area. Lord, right now I can't. I can't even believe that right now, so help my unbelief. And you know what happens when we get to that, that place of admitting to the Father, I don't know what to believe, God. I don't know that I can believe this. Help my unbelief. What you've done is you've now opened, and Dusty compares it to like putting yourself in neutral. If you can't be in drive and go towards God's word, just put yourself in neutral so that the Lord can send people across your path to help push you along in the right direction. And God will start sending seed to you as you read his word and as you pray and meditate and ponder on the word and as he sends resources across your path through podcasts, through books that you read, through sermons that you hear. He'll send random people to say one thing to you as you sit in a waiting room somewhere that can just trigger, oh, Dusty may preach a message ten times and it keeps bouncing off our foreheads and then we go and hear a different minister somewhere else and it all of a sudden clicks into place because he planted the seed and he watered it and then somebody else came along and watered it with just a little different and it clicked. And it happens that way. There have been things I've heard for years And then all of a sudden, one day, somebody said something, and it was just exactly how I needed to hear it, and it clicked for me. Let's put ourselves in neutral and say, God, in the areas that I'm not believing, help my unbelief. He's so good, and he has so much for you and for me. But myself included, we've all got areas where we can grow in our belief, and we can walk in the identity of who we truly are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our grace and peace has been multiplied to us so much we just dish it out to other people. That we walk in soundness of mind. We make good decisions. 
We walk in health. And when things try to rise against us, Dusty throwing his back out, as he said, then we know we take authority over it. And again, it may be a miracle or it may just be a healing. I I will tell you this. I have seen people that had instantaneous miracles that after a season, they lost it. And it's because it just happened instantly and it was by the grace of God, but they never could line their thinking up with what he had done for them. And they just kept going around saying, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that happened. I cannot believe that miracle. I cannot. And they didn't. And they woke up every day going, is it here today? Is it going to stay today? And that fear and that worry began to rise out of their mouth and they just literally negated what God had given them. But when people have a healing that happens over a season, usually it helps them kind of grow into that. And they have renewed their mind to who they are. And now their identity's changed. So when the opportunity to not believe it comes, they can speak to that that's trying to come against them and command it to go. God has so much for you and for me. What do you believe today? Where's your belief? Let's ask the Holy Spirit, our counselor, to give us counsel on what we can't believe yet. And let his perfect love cast out fear. Fear of failure. Fear of not believing. You realize you've got Jesus' belief in you. It's not you having to do this in your own strength. Amen. Well, I think that's all I'm supposed to say today. I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit on that. Um, Matt, if you want to come play for just a minute. I want to pray for us this morning. I want to pray that each one of us is able to grow in areas that we haven't been believing. That we grow in our knowledge of who the Father is and who we are because of him on the inside of us that we have an increased desire to know him more to know his character and that the holy spirit would help our areas of unbelief um so if you're by your heads with me father we come to you in jesus name thank you for the gift of jesus you, Father, for all of your divine nature that you have put on the inside of us and sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. All of the promises in your word that are just there for the partaking, I say that I choose today to partake of them all. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes to see the areas where we're not partaking And that your perfect love would cast out any fear or doubt about those promises. That you would help areas of unbelief in our life. And I just declare supernatural growth in the name of Jesus in our belief. In each individual person's life in the area where they need it. And that we are believing and allowing those roots to grow. And it's rising up out of us in what we say and who we see ourselves as, and it is manifesting your goodness in our life, and your goodness is literally running us down. And we've got so much of it, we're just giving it out to others and meeting them where they are. 
We thank you for it, Father. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, there's one more thing, and I, because I told a friend I would do this today. I have a friend that called me this week, a former coworker that I knew for years, and she asked me to have prayer with our, our church family today. So I'm going to tell you what's going on and ask you to be in agreement with me on our prayer. Um, her husband, he's in his late 40s, and he has recently been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And it is not cancerous, but it is pressing on the nerves in his hearing and in his facial muscles, and it has grown, so they need to remove it before it gets any bigger. So he has surgery on April the 7th, and I think it's three different surgeries. They're going to go in and make a pathway through his ear to get to it, and then they're going to remove it, and then they've got to do some reconstruction. So what she has asked is that we believe that the tumor is easily and fully removed with no complications, that he has a full recovery with no side effects. That's what we're believing for. So if you can believe that, I'm going to pray. You believe that with me. If not, put yourself in neutral. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you provided healing through the finished work of Jesus. So I just declare over Jeff's body, Jeff Calvert's body in Jesus' name, that you would have that tumor be able to be quickly and easily removed with no complications, that you will lead and guide the surgeon as they do this procedure, that everything will go smoothly, that he will come to a full recovery, and all things that have been damaged by it will be completely restored. I pray for peace for him and for his wife Amy and their children, and that your perfect love would cast out fear in this situation, that they would rest in the arms of Jesus knowing that you have provided what they needed. And we look forward to hearing a testimony of his complete restoration in Jesus' name. I'll turn this back over to you. You know, I love, you know, listening to Heather teach. I mean, you've probably been teaching like in public schools for what, 22, 23 years. You know, God gives gifts to people to be able to teach. And I love the way that she's able to break it down. You know, I'm really, when, when I teach, I'm, I, sometimes I'm just the dancing bear up here. Most people are <laughs> looking at me, I'm trying to entertain, I'm trying to get enough information out. But you know what, I love what she said. You know that the greatest prayer that you could actually pray to God is, Lord, help my unbelief. You know that we're all given the seed of faith everybody the moment that you were born again you were given the measure of faith it's like a, a seed but you know it can cast mountains into the sea according to Mark 11 23-24 if you have no doubt but see you can have a mountain worth of doubt and a mountain worth of unbelief and it will block it because you'll just say you know what that's not for me you know one of the great things about what she was teaching today is that you can actually say I am going to get the doubt out you know 
I, I really believe this. I was talking with one of my good friends, and he's going to come next month, and he's going to teach us. Jason Gamble, he's a he's another evangelist. Because um, I, I think it's great to hear from a lot of different people. But, you know, we were talking about that if you can get the doubt out, the glory will come out. The moment you can get, get the doubt out of your heart to where you're speaking the word without it being a hesitation. How many people have spoke the word before? I hope everybody spoke the word before. But how many people spoke the word and the moment you spoke the word, you kind of went, but is that going to work for me? Hey, I've been there. I have been there. I've said, well, maybe God, this wasn't for me. Maybe this was for somebody else. Maybe I don't understand that promise. Yeah, I didn't understand the promise. I didn't understand it at all. But you know what? The more I read that word and the more that I put that word in my heart and the more I spoke it like what Heather said, now there's things that... that I don't even have to believe for those things anymore. They just come out of me. Do you know everything in God's Word is not a fight? The moment you stop having unbelief, it just comes out of you. And that is the great and precious promise of God that He wants to have come out of every single one of you. Because I'm going to be honest with you. There's things in my life that I can go back to and I can show you the moment that I started believing. Things just started happening in my life. You know, Heather told you about the, I've given this testimony a lot, but I'm a computer engineer. I'm one of the lead cybersecurity analysts for the power company. You know, that was not even a thought in my mind when I was 18 years old. But the Word of God came along and it said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Boom, it happened. Little by little, that seed grew and it turned into the fruit that is coming out today. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if anybody needs prayer for anything. I'm going to be up here. Uh, me and Heather will be up here at the very end. But I'm going to pray over the food. And uh, if you want prayer, you can come down here. If you want food, it'll be out before you. So everybody bow your heads. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over this food and time of fellowship. I pray, dear Lord, in Jesus' name that you're just going to create opportunities for us to be able to get to know each other and to have great relationship together. And Father, we pray over the food. We ask you bless it and sanctify it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.